I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us live on the South Shore Gulf Coast Campus online, all the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and our new uh, group at the St. Tammany Parish uh, Jail. We're so excited to have all of you with us. Come on, we're so excited. So excited to have you. God bless you guys. Well, it is getting very close to Christmas. Very excited. We've been in a series here at Church of the King. It's Christmas. First week we talked about So Laugh. And we looked at the shepherds, and we looked at the importance of walking in joy independent of our circumstances. It's real easy to be happy, real easy to be filled with joy when everything's going well. But how about when things are not going well? How about when the thing didn't happen at work the way you thought, or the relationship didn't turn out the way you thought? Can we still walk in joy? We talked about that in week one. The answer is yes. Last week we talked about the wise men. We talked about the importance of honoring God and worshiping God and that interesting physical response of kneeling before God. Today I want to talk to you about a familiar character in the Bible. Again, uh, it's a message you often don't hear, maybe a soul, whole message on this individual, but I want to talk to you about Joseph. I want to talk to you about the importance of faith. Everybody say faith. Now, faith is both a noun, you have faith, but faith is also a verb. We faith, we trust God. It's very interesting. It's not just a static reality about our life, but it is a dynamic, ongoing exercising of faith and trust in Almighty God. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I want to talk to you about Joseph. I'm going to read verse 18 to 25. Here's what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, I'm going to explain that word in just a moment, uh, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, very principled man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Two more verses. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife. Last verse. And he did not know her. He didn't have physical relations with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name, everybody say it, Jesus. Very, very powerful scriptures here depicting and outlining the perspective of Joseph. I want to talk to you about Joseph's perspective. I want to talk to you about, uh, about watch this, Jesus' earthly 
father slash stepfather. Now, we know that Jesus' heavenly father is God the Father. Isn't that right? And yet, and yet, Joseph played a very critical role, a very important role in the life, in the development, and the maturation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's interesting. He would be considered a stepfather. I do want to say this, and I said this yesterday. I want to say it at all of our services this weekend. We have some amazing stepfathers and stepmothers in the church. And matter of fact, I was raised by a stepfather who married my mom when I was four. I honor my dad. I'm very grateful to my stepdad. And so can we just give it up for all the step parents? Come on, in our, in our church. We honor you guys. I mean that. So, so, so you're in very good company here because Joseph was the stepfather of Jesus. Now, he was a simple man in the sense that he was a carpenter. He wasn't from a prestigious family. He didn't have this background, a, a line of kings or very powerful political leaders. But, but he was a principled man. The Bible says that he was a just man. And he was chosen by the Lord. He wasn't perfect. By the way, he wasn't sinless, which is why we can learn from him. He had a fallen nature just like you and I. He dealt with insecurities just like you and I. And yet he was a just man. He was a good man. He was a godly man. And in the Bible, as I was looking at it this week, I, I began to see something. I began to see really that, that, that Joseph is, is, a, is a template of a life of faith. Interestingly enough, we, we all, and I say this very respectfully, we all esteem and talk about Mary. Amazing, absolutely chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus. But I think we have to be careful to not undersell or underesteem Joseph as well. Think about that. Chosen by God to bear the Son of God, Mary, but chosen by God to raise the Son of God, Joseph. Very powerful. I want to talk to you this morning about three faith lessons that we learn in the life of Joseph. Number one, I want to talk to you about Joseph's dilemma. Joseph's dilemma. Look at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Bible times, I think it's very important that we understand the threefold process of marriage. Number one, in Bible times, all marriages were arranged in Jewish culture. That means families that had relationships would actually pick. A mom and a dad would pick uh, their young boy or the young girl, and they would negotiate with parents, and they would actually have written up contractually when kids were two, three, four years old who their children would marry when they became of age. I want you to think about that for a moment. So there was the contractual phase. There was lots of reasons why they negotiated and they chose, uh, families would chose their children when they became of appropriate age to get married. Lots of reasons why. But there was, one, number one, the contractual phase between families. Number two, when the kids became of age, they would enter into a year-long process. We would call it engagement. The Bible would call it betrothment or the espousal stage. And what that stage was, it was a one-year stage where you got to know the person that your family chose for you. I want you to think about that for a moment. It was one year long. You would... You could go out with them and take walks through the community. Of course, there were appropriate boundaries and all that. And there was, there was an, it was a wonderful time of, of getting to know your future spouse. However, during that phase, there was to be no physical relations. It was an engagement phase. And then the consummation phase. 
A consummation phase whereas, where they would have the actual ceremony. I taught this when I was teaching through 1 Thessalonians what a Jewish wedding was. It was actually a seven-day, there were seven days of a Jewish wedding. Very, very powerful. There was the beginning, and then the second, third, and then finally the consummation. Very powerful. And of course, the couple is married, and they, they enter into the rest of their lives together. So there was the contractual phase, the espousal phase, and the consummation phase. Mary and Joseph were in this espousal phase. The Bible calls it, he was betrothed. She was betrothed. They were betrothed to one another, and they were in this phase. Needless to say... When Mary came back from Elizabeth, who was her cousin, needless to say, who had John the Baptist, needless to say, Joseph was somewhat overwhelmed when he heard the news. When Mary tells Joseph, Joseph, I, um, I, 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 I need to sit down and talk to you about something. Well, what is that, Mary? And of course, in Joseph's mind, he's recognizing because she was away for a little while and, and she started, her body started reflecting the fact that she was pregnant. And he started talking to her and she started talking to him. And finally, she was, she was very, very, very forthright and says, I'm, 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 I'm pregnant, Joseph. Can you imagine what went through his mind? Now remember this, he's not sinless. He's not Jesus, right? He's not sinless. He would have attitudes at times. I know it's hard for us to put our brain around this, but you've got to understand. Put yourself in Joseph's place. Wow. Okay, time out, Mary. Time out. You're what? I'm, I'm pregnant. Immediately. You can imagine what went through his mind. You're pregnant by whom? I want you to sit down for a moment, Joseph. I, um, this is, this is, I, 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 I want you, I, I'm, I'm being honest and being very straightforward. Um, by God. You think I'm dumb, don't you? <laughs> You're pregnant by, now, this is a human being just like you and I. You're pregnant by God. By God. Now, Joseph has one of three options right now. Number one, first option, he could, well, and I wrote this down, he could marry her quickly to try to cover the situation, even though the baby was not his, and yet the whole community would know that this was an illegitimate situation and that Joseph took advantage of her inappropriately and, and Joseph would take the hit in this situation. Number two, Joseph could go before the Jewish elders. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, it's very clear that adultery at that time, the, 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 the penalty would be stoning. So he could have allowed Mary to go in the very center of town and she could be stoned for this act. In this case, Mary loses and Joseph loses because he loved her. Or number three, he could put her away quietly try to do whatever he could to cover the situation, let her go on with her life, and he could go on with his. But again, he would lose because he loved her. There was a, there was a, there was a conflict in Joseph's life, don't miss this, between law and love. What was he going to do? And he had all these thoughts going through his mind. What should I do? 
coulda, woulda, shoulda. And he was a scenario planner, right? Are you a scenario planner where you've got all these thoughts going through? Well, if I do this, then this may happen. Well, if I do this, and then this may happen. But if I do then this. And so he's, he's, he's caught in this moment. Have you ever been there before? No, not in an exact situation like this, but maybe something at work. Well, if I do this, then this may happen. And if I do this, well, I want to pray about this. But wait, hold on, time out. I'm, I'm still praying about this. And, and he's, he's got all of these scenarios around him. Maybe you're in a situation like that where you don't know what to do. I mean, you love God. You, I mean, you know that you're a believer, but, but you're faced with a situation where you've got all these dilemmas and all these things. This is exactly where Joseph was. Maybe you're dealing with a child situation or a marriage situation or a health situation and, you, and you're worrying and your mind is, you've got a very active, I've got a very active imagination. How about you guys? Where you've got a lot of this scenario planning, and what about this, and what about this, and bucket one, and bucket two, and bucket three, and I'm not sure. And you can feel it. How many of you know your brain starts racing so much you can start feeling it in your stomach? And you're like, ah, I can even feel it right now, talking about it, just preaching about it. I mean, just, it's just in your stomach, and worry begins to set in. What about this? What if I go back to my friends and they say, oh, yeah, Joseph, oh, what's up with that? And, hey, give me, and, and, then, you, and then Joseph's got to tell them. I didn't do it. Well, who did it? You really want to know? <laughs> and he's got to walk through the ridicule. He's got to walk through all of that. Let me tell you something. There was a lot of stuff going on on the inside of Joseph. A lot of stuff. And that's why the scripture in Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore, do not worry. Boy, that's, if we really live by this verse, do not worry. What shall we eat? What shall we drink for the... Father knows what you need. The father put Joseph in that situation. This wasn't the devil. This wasn't poor choices. This was the father led him into this situation. And now he was dealt with the situation where, 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 where he had a choice. Was he going to trust God? Was he going to believe God? Or was he going to derail the whole process? Again, I want to say it again. We honor and esteem the fact that God chose Mary. What an amazing woman to be chosen by God to bear the Son of God. But have we ever grappled with the reality of what Joseph went through? Joseph! Joseph, this is, this is, and I'm sure friends came up to him and started giving him advice. And Hey, Joseph, listen, after all, and, and all of those things were about Joseph had to make a decision. Just like us. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you're in a situation that's overwhelming you and your mind is active and you've got all these fears and all these insecurities. And one of the things I'm learning in my life is to put God first and to keep God first. And, and I can't figure it all out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. God, I can't figure this thing out. You ever been in something? I know some of you are dealing with it. It, just, it does in your own rational mind. Step one doesn't always act Add up to step two and step three, and, it's, and we want it all logically. I had a conversation with a guy one time. He goes, Steve, why do you always put things into buckets? Bucket one, bucket two, bucket three. I said, it's a new thing. It's called bucketology. <laughs> I have to categorize things. You guys categorize things? But here's the point. What if when you put them in categories, it still doesn't make sense? What does he do? Thank God. God is faithful. God does not allow us to get into any situation 
where he does not provide insight of what to do. If we'll listen to him, if we'll trust him, if we'll go to his word, if we'll go to prayer and listen to his voice. Number two, Joseph's dream. Watch what happens here, Matthew chapter 1. I'm just teaching right through this story. So he's got a dilemma, a challenge like where many of us are in our lives. But then he has a dream. Look at this. But while he thought about these things, he's pondering these things. He's going over, he's grappling with all of these realities. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's true, Joseph. It's true. She's telling the truth. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It is God. Okay. And she will bring forth the son, Joseph, and you shall call his name. Let me tell you something. Joseph, yes, Mary had a massive role. You ever thought about this? God gave Joseph the role to actually call the name of his stepson. And you shall give him a name. His name shall be Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. Our faith is challenged. We have an opportunity to grow when God calls us to obey him. When things seem unreasonable, things seem unexplainable. And by the way, there are friends, and I say this respectfully, there are family members who want explanation before you obey God. Good people, often sometimes godly people, but they don't have the mind of the Lord on your situation. They don't know what God has spoken to you. They don't know the dream that God has given you for your life. They don't understand it clearly. And yet you've heard from God and you know that God has spoken to you. Faith is, is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mysterious thing because faith is it's not explainable. You have to believe what God says and then you see it. And yet we want to see it first and then believe it. Like Thomas. You remember Thomas? One of the disciples, oh yeah, after the resurrection, he said, oh no, it's really, Jesus rose from the dead. And Thomas goes, I'm not going to believe it unless I put my finger in his side. See, what happens is, what we want to do is we want to see it, we want to touch it, we want to feel it, we want to hear it, we want to we put our five senses on it, we want, to, we want to embrace it and then believe it. But faith doesn't work that way. Faith is you've got to, everybody say, believe first. Say, see it second. So in other words, you've got to see it by faith first, and then you see it in the natural. But that's hard for us. That's why Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Say it, not what? Seen. Faith is like this. I got to believe it here, but God, you don't understand. I, I'm a rational person and I want to see it and then I'll believe it. But God said, you got to believe it and then you'll see it. Yeah. That's how faith works. That's how salvation works. That's how anything works in the economy of God. You've got you've to trust God. And when you trust God and you put your faith in God, boy, that's tough for us. That's tough for us. Analytical people, that's really tough for you. How many know what I'm talking about? Because we want God to move in our lives as long as it makes sense. That's why the Bible calls us to childlike faith. When children believe, 
Children have expectancy. Children, children, children. But, 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 but us, the more we get, the, old, the older we get, the more we get jaded, the more we're disappointed, the more we go things in life. We want to really make sure it's factually clear before we believe. And yet Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, we live by, say it, faith, not by sight. It's not how it works. I, I learned something this week about the African Impala. Very interesting animal. I've been to Africa before. I've never seen the African Impala, but, but I have been to Africa. And the African Impala is an incredible animal. The African Impala, in one jump, can jump 10 feet up in the air and 30 feet long without touching the ground. That's serious. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, that is like massive. I remember in school, when I was uh, in grade school, I, I, I was a long jumper, and I don't know what I did, maybe 15 feet, I can't, I can't remember, maybe, that, maybe that's too long, I don't know, maybe, it was, maybe that, that, that's extreme, maybe it was 10 feet, I'm not sure. You, 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 you run down the thing, and you just jump like this. Matter of fact, I have a scar in my arm right here when I was long jumping, where I jumped up in my spike. I don't know if y'all can see this, so you know, pastor's telling the truth, it's church, you can't lie in church. Can't lie anytime, by the way. But anyway, so, so I was a long jumper, and I actually put my spike in my arm and plop, ripped my arm. It's the craziest thing in the world. Didn't bleed either. Crazy. It was just, it was gross, but, but that's a whole other topic. But anyway, so I get it. Maybe I was doing 11, 12 feet, I can't remember. But I definitely didn't jump 10 feet up and 30 feet long. That's serious. Can I tell you what's really interesting? When you put that same African impala in a zoo, you, you, they, they build a three-foot-high wall, and it won't jump out. Let me tell you why. It's a solid wall because the African impala won't jump out if it can't see where it's landing. And it can't see over the wall. In other words, it won't jump unless it can see where it's going. See, faith is just like that. God, 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 listen, God, there's some walls in our lives, but God says, jump out. You can do it, but we don't want to do it. You can trust me, but it's so hard because we want to know exactly where we're going to land, in a puddle, outside of a puddle. Will we hit the water fountain that the kid is drinking out of or not? What, what, what? But, but faith doesn't work that way. Everybody say, I've got to believe it. Then I see it. Let me challenge you as you're coming into 2018, Okay. Here it is. What is God telling you to do? What is God telling you to start? Maybe it's a business. Maybe God is telling you to go back to school. I don't know. Maybe God's telling you to reconcile a relationship or do something in this or do something. Maybe God's telling you to start. Maybe God's telling you to host a small group. Oh, pastor, that's not from God. Too busy. God knows that. Really? I don't know. God's telling all of us to do something, and we've got to believe it. Everybody say, believe it first. Say, see it second. Joseph had a dream, and God spoke to him and said, Joseph, you're going to have to trust me. That which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's of me. Trust me, Joseph. So what does Joseph do? Number three, Joseph's faith decision. Joseph ends up choosing to obey God. Even though all the outward appearances told him to do differently. Matthew chapter 1, verse 24. 
Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Now this is big. This cost him. This cost him. This was option one. It cost him. He, 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 he took to him his wife. I'm going to stay with her. I'm gonna, so he had to deal with the ridicule. It cost him. Don't let anybody tell you if you obey God, it doesn't cost you. It costs you. We don't believe in this church. Sign up, follow Jesus, live a life of faith, and everything's wonderful, and everybody thinks you're great, and everybody, no, no, it's going to cost you sometimes to follow God. It's going to cost you when you follow God. Are you one of those born-agains? It's going to cost you sometimes. No, you don't be one of those religious radicals. Are you kidding? It's going to cost you sometimes. Teenagers, college kids, it's going to cost you, I'm telling you. I remember when I was at Tulane in class, man, it cost me. They found out I was a Christian. At first, I tried to hide it, and I said, I'm not going to hide it. It cost you to follow God in the 21st century. I'm telling you, it costed, it cost, I don't know if that's a word, costed. It cost Joseph. Sorry, Mom, you can correct me afterwards. But anyway, <laughs> and he did not know her until she was brought forth, her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph heard from God, and he responded in faith. He responded in faith. He responded in faith. And he had to be the, listen, here's the cool thing, and I'll close with this. Because Joseph responded in faith. Man, this is powerful. Christmas Eve is coming up this weekend. Any pastor in the world that for the month of December at some level did not mention at some level the Christmas story and the birth of Christ, I would just be shocked. Talk about irrelevant. I, I'm not a betting man, but I bet you. Every Christian church in the world at some point, at some level, mentioned this man's name sometime in December. Because he was a man of faith. How many of y'all grateful for Joseph's faith? Come on. Are y'all grateful? Let me pause for a moment and I'll close. I want to say it again. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, it's because he's in the Bible. He was a man of faith. No. No. It's because he was a man of faith. God put him in the Bible. Now, God's not putting anybody else in the Bible. But you can still end up in the hall of faith. You can still be part of the greater witnesses that go on to glory and watch those that are down below as they walk a walk of faith. Joseph was not a perfect man. He was not. But he was a principled man. He was a godly man. And he was a man of faith. I want to be a man that can walk by faith. I want to be a man that does not demand from God to see before I believe. How about you?